to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 16th game against the Calgary Flames, and a, another early one. So this is our first night of a back-to-back night for the Habs. We've got uh, the Ottawa Senators tomorrow at 4, so another early game. Uh, and needless to say, this was a big one. So the Habs came through the 2-1 win. Uh, we had a first goal in the second period from Tyler Toffoli, his 20th of the season, uh, assisted by Brett Kulak and Nick Suzuki. Um, and then in the third period, Toffoli got his second of the night and his 21st of the season uh, from Armia and Suzuki. And uh, Jake Allen was a 9-6-6, so let's jump into it. What did you think of the first period? Um, you know what, with these Calgary games, I think there's a bit of a common theme. It's a very low-scoring somewhat boring game. Um, the first period was a very, very slow-moving game. Um, but the rest of the rest of the game was quite up-tempo. You know, there's a lot of posts. There's a lot of chances. Um, I don't really find they're super defensive games. Like, usually if you have a... They're just a, neutral games. They're, they're neutral, find, yeah. Like, we neutralize them and they neutralize us. It's the first person to make a mistake. Really. Yeah, I find both teams just can't get through the neutral zone. Like, well, that's it. And, and it's, it's very... It makes a very boring game. And... Uh, you know, they really keep us on the outside. Like, we can't get into the front of the net, and we can't, like, get s- shots off from the slot. And when we do, we get a, you know, we get, we can score. And that's what happened with Toffoli. He got a, you know, good shot off from the slot. And uh, that must be the trick with Calgary. But they really, really pin us against the boards, and it's super effective. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed, you know, we, with the Caulfield news this week. Um, well, this week, this morning, I guess. That we called him up. That we called him a taxi squad. I was a little, you know, it, obviously it would be a little weird that, you know, the, the day we bring him up that we play him. But, you know, I was a little hopeful to see him there. Yeah, and I think it's important for people who maybe don't know this to also be informed. Laval doesn't play for another week. And so to call Caulfield up on the taxi squad means that he can at least practice with the team. Yeah. Ducharme explained that, you know, due to cap reasons, we can't actually play him unless there's an injury. But um, we're free to move him up and down between the taxi squad and the AHL. So he could just practice with the Habs all week. If someone gets injured, he's in the lineup. And if not, when Laval goes, he just gets sent back down. Yeah, with the, So we'll yeah. see where it goes. But with the, I agree. I think he should be playing already. Yeah, just with the cap situation this year, these rules are it's very difficult for teams to kind of manage these these roster positions and you know, with a team like us that has so many forwards especially, it's uh, makes it very complicated. Just look at the Fro League thing. I mean, like the guy's played one game. Not necessarily that he deserves to play, but um, you know, it's uh, definitely not what he expected, I think. Yeah, and, and you know what? I I would risk putting Eric Stahl on waivers right yeah, now me too. to get Caulfield a position so Evans can take that fourth line center role and then you know worst case you lose Eric Stahl for that third and the fifth but you know it's a failed experiment in my opinion so yeah you know, I wasn't too upset by it we kind of we got him at a relatively cheap price um we'll have to see how it pans out with those picks you never know for all we know that fifth round pick could be another Kaprizov yeah or that third round pick could be another Name anyone in the third round, but you know, like yeah, a Sorelli I, or something. I'm not. I I'm leaning towards what you you're saying about being a failed experiment, but I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt until, um, I'll say it's failed if they don't play him higher. Okay, because well, like, yeah, but he's not gonna play higher. That's I know, and that's the thing. But that's even when we traded for him, I was just like, where's this guy gonna play? Well, I'm thinking maybe a wing even. But the thing is, though, is that you're not 
ever going to get anything from me on the fourth line. I mean, yeah. like, if you if you really want to like roll the dice on Eric Stahl right now, you got to give him the two C. Yeah, and it's not going to happen. Because like that, that, but and because that would have that was like that'd be devastating to like yeah. our young guys. Like, so that would push Suzuki it's, and Orkot and Yamamoto. It's, it's very well. against what you know Bergevin said of the like sacrifice the future yeah, for exactly. win now. And, like Eric Stahl's great. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a like. Yeah, definitely put him ahead of those guys, you know, because like, it's just he's he is out of his prime. He is there to be a vet and to be more of a like a guide through the playoffs rather than a leader through the playoffs. Yeah, at least they're playing him with Perry, which is a bit better. But yeah, I just I don't. Again, it's very similar to Kovalchuk. I don't think it's useful to have him in your bottom six. I agree, completely useless, and you know, not really clear what he's there for. I mean, I think if we if we get. I think we might see more of them in the playoffs where the young guys tend to struggle a little bit more with the pace and the intensity of the game. Um, At the same time, the young guys were our two best players in the bubble. No, I know, but I'm saying like for for teams that went far, uh, yeah, I know. Like you, you need that that veteran core, and like yeah. look at Perry on Dallas last last run. Exactly. I mean, like these guys become huge, and um, you know, I think that's maybe where he'll shine, and maybe that's what Bertrand is thinking. But uh, you know, we're definitely not going to see much from him on the fourth line. No. Um, yeah, jumping back into the game, I mean, that, that was a pretty rough game. A lot of scraps after the whistles. Yeah, a lot of scraps. A lot of, I, I don't know. We're neck I mean, and neck with Calgary, the, so... The running joke for me is whenever we win 2-1 to one or one nothing, I go, perfect. Now, as long as the goalies never, ever have a bad day, yeah. we're good. Because Allen, the, the how many times did three? They hit the post. And one was, like, a wide open. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a couple of posts. I, like By my count, at least three, maybe more. And... Yeah, it just it's one of those things where like we had a little bit of luck, we had a little bit of you know good timing. We scored with only a few minutes left. That really puts the pressure on Calgary. Um, now, what do you what do you think the chances are that um, you know a Lekkinen or a Byron or um, or a Perry uh, somehow get injured in the next week? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Absolutely. That's not. just that's completely anti. I, there's so many people talk about that on uh, TSN today. That, um, well, I shouldn't say zero. The scientist to me is saying zero point one. Yeah, zero point one. I just I, I don't think people fully grasp like how competitive these guys are, and yeah. like for them, it's like when people think that teams throw games like it's it's, it's not in their DNA. No, like, it's ask uh, Brendan Gallagher not to try. Yeah, exactly. Just ask, just tell him he'll literally leave yeah. the city. Yeah, and I mean uh, the, the you know knowing our streak this year, the next week you know. Without foul play, like the chance it was one of us getting injured is pretty high. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That, that's it. But, but like the idea of like again, coffee. Yeah, I heard that too. It's my nose a little stuffy for my AC. Um, yeah, basically, Cole Caulfield being up here is just kind of to practice with them, I think. And very worst case scenario, he's already playing, if someone gets hurt. But um, you know, what does it look like though? If like. I mean, I think we're, I don't want to you know, knock on wood, but I think we're safe for a playoff position yeah, like, with how we're going. Like, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm giving the Habs a 75% chance of making the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get him to play? Okay, well, you have to just think about it from a Lions point of view. So with everyone healthy, let's, let's assume... No, I'm saying like you personally, like how are you running this? I think I, I might have worded that as in like a cap situation. But oh, so just, like, make just what are my, basically what are my lines? Yeah. Okay, well. Like with, uh, okay, now I see what you mean with Gallagher. That's uh, the thing, is it bumps people around. 
You have to just consider... Assume him. Gallagher's just out. I was going to go the other way and assume he's in. Like, yeah. give it, like, the hardest possible way to make it work to see. Okay. But just assuming he's in, there's two ways you can look at it. You can either... You know, ignore the... Yeah. With Gallagher ignoring the lines, though, let's just consider him a right wing versus a left wing. So, we've got Gallagher, we've got Anderson, we've got uh, Toffoli, we've got Armia, and we've got um, Perry. Those are the one, two, three, four, five right wingers, right? Then on the left wing, we've got Druin, Tatar... Lekkonen, and Byron. Am I missing anyone? I don't think so. Yeah, okay, so, sorry, just the April 13th, 2021, TSN reported that Gallagher's out for the uh, remainder of the regular season, at least. Yeah, so I'm saying he's he's projected for the playoffs, but yeah. I'm just saying, assuming he is. So, like I said, we have um, Gallagher, Anderson, Toffoli, Armia, and Perry on the right side. I'm just going by handedness, and we've got Druin, Tatar, Lekkonen, and Byron on the left side. So just from looking at that, it would sound like Caulfield would be more available on the left wing, right? So let's just put, like, who's ignoring the centers and everything. You've got the right wing first line, it's got to be Gallagher. Yeah. Second line, it's got to be Anderson, right? Third line, probably Perry. And then Armia, fourth line. Right? There's your right wing. So your left wing now will probably be Tatar. Then one of, I'm going to say, Druin or Toffoli. Then one of Druin or Toffoli. And then, again, like you're, you're just screwed for this because you either have to pick, like, does Caulfield go on the fourth line? Like, no. it's He's got to be in that area. So it's really hard to make him fit yeah. unless you're willing to say, you know what? Um, let's say Tatar uh, then plays second line would be Caulfield to Foley on the third and then all drew in like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work and then That's all of a sudden saying. you're putting maybe you're you're not playing Armia and you're putting Perry on the fourth with to Foley on the third on the right side and that pushes so it's it's one of these things of like. He'll definitely probably end up being on the left wing if he gets into the yeah, lineup. Yeah, there's no way he's on the just right. Just because he's competing literally with less players and lower talent. Yeah. But it's hard to kind of like figure out where he goes because you also need somewhere where he can thrive. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just to like give at least like how I would do it, I would have Tatar on the first line. I would have Caulfield on the second. Yeah, with I would then have... Yeah, I'm like writing it as we go here just so I can kind of like, visualize it for myself, but I think what I would do is something that looks like this. Hang on. Um, 17 and 11. So my top nine would be Tatar, Dano, Gallagher, then Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, or Caulfield, Suzuki, Toffoli. And then my fourth, uh, my third line would be Druin, Kotkaniemi, Anderson, slash... To Foley again, whichever one you choose, just because I personally think Anderson would play better with Kotkaniemi. Yeah, and I think To Foley plays better with Suzuki. And then that fourth line, it just leaves you with basically all of these players to use on the fourth line. You can have Perry, you can have Armia, you can have Lekkonen, you can have Byron. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the thing, you just cycle them in as need. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that, that's what it, would, what it would turn out to be. I think, you know. Realistically, I don't think Gallagher will be back for the first round. I think if we you know, we make it to the second round, I think he'll be in. 
But first round, I'm a little skeptical. Maybe a few games in, he'll be he'll be good to go. Um, then I, I also just want to give my opinion on that. Let's say Gallagher. Let's say your first line right wing is out, right? I don't believe in that Pez dispenser kind of bullshit where then your second line right winger jumps up and no, then no, third no. jumps up. I think what you do is you keep as much intact as possible yeah. and you just put Phil. Look, your first line is going to suffer. If Brendan Gallagher's out and you have to put Arturi Lekin on the first, line, yeah, for, first line, you just have to do it. But I hate when the lines get completely shuffled. Don't let what don't let one player, even if he's like just star of your team, the just completely program. dominate the whole dominate the whole right side. Like you, you're asking a bunch. You're you're basically one line being handicapped. Uh, you know, hamstringing one line, and then basically asking all four lines to basically rechemistry themselves is just a nightmare. Yeah, especially in the playoffs. I I also just want to say because it's funny that like I'm laughing. We were talking about scoring by committee in the long format podcast. So, once again, uh, all the goals came from one player. Yeah. It's like everyone had... That's exactly this. We don't have everyone scoring an average... You know, a, in a full season, scoring by committee means everyone gets 15 to 20 goals. Yeah. This is like... Tonight, it's Toffoli's turn. Tomorrow night, it'll probably be this Anderson's is the turn. I think, I think a lot of the time, you know, early on in the season, it looked... We were doing that. Yeah. But this is what happened, okay? We mistook that, and I think a lot of people mistook that, for basically us having a lot of mid-six players, yeah. so it's second and third line players, and then assuming that means we score by committee because yeah. we don't have a superstar. Well, but it's also because it's been preached to us by like the organization saying like we're a four-line score by committee yeah. team. They're like because they know they don't have a superstar now. Number twenty-two. Cole Caulfield, for those who don't know that he announced that he's going to be wearing 22. We'll see if he keeps that, actually, because Suzuki wore 88 in his first season because mm-hmm. Placanic was still there. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, I think he's going to keep it. Uh, yeah, Cole Caulfield could be that guy. Like, like all like all yeah. the hype aside, he's someone who, like, you know, the, you know when we always talk about superstars, like, it's, it's kind of a one-way street. It's like if you're dominant in junior... It doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar, but if you're not dominant in junior, you're not going to be a star. He's at least got that option. Yeah, he was dominant in every level that he played, every single one. So, you know, he he broke I don't know how many records. He has the goal record that he beat out Ovechkin's. He's got the uh, U.S. development. Careful now. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's Ovech- <laughs> I'm just saying this is like. I hope he is. I just. But I know what you mean. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where this isn't a guy who kind of like you know we. No, ruin this for me. Found. There's there's two players that absolutely ruin this for me. Okay, one of them's Alex Gavchenyuk. Okay. Okay. Not as not as promising as Caulfield coming up. I'll give him that. Okay. Which and is also, weird. Yeah, I know. He's third, third overall. overall. Yeah, which is it. But at the same time, like watching Gavchenyuk after the draft. You were kind of like, okay, this guy looks promising, but Caulfield kind of had something different about him. Yeah, like, there's Caulfield's kind of a, got it. Yeah, exactly. And then also, uh, you know, just like a Mike McCarron. Yeah, you know McCarron's mean? a hard like, pill to swallow. Because like, you know, you wouldn't believe the guy's stats. Well, yeah, because he was on that stacked London Knights team. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the guy, you, you'd swear this guy was going to be like, like Andre Kopitar. Well, that's exactly what we thought we were getting. We had a six foot six centerman. See, like those guys, I don't blame them for drafting. Okay, because yeah. like McCarron wasn't even low. Like McCarron was like a like a, like a if you first if you, round pick, yeah, first round pick. But I'm saying like he wasn't like top ten. No, he was he was uh twenty fifth. He was twenty fifth or twenty fourth or something, something like, like that. that. So like that was that looked like a steal. Well, yeah, you know I mean? and it's just like this is the issue with the league right now is 
if you're not a good skater, you won't get drafted. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And we, I forget who was talking about this. I think it was Pierre Maguire. But if you're a good skater and you're undersized versus you're six foot eight and a bad skater, old school GMs still take the bad skater. Mm. And it's like it's. I understand, but like. You gotta kind of make that decision based on actual talent because you know I look at certain guys who are getting drafted, and you know there's some guys who end up learning how to skate better later on. Eric Carlson is like the prime example of his scouting report, like infamously said he's a bad skater, and then a couple years into his uh, career, he was named one of the top skaters in the NHL. Yeah, like actual skating ability. And, like, so it's it's something that, like, again, it's a work ethic thing. I just don't believe that someone like Michael McCarron has put the work in. No, me That's either. what it comes down to. And, like, you know, he is all, like, again. What's well, inability to take At six foot too. six, almost 240 pounds, I believe. Yeah. Like, you should be at least, like, contributing. Yeah. You know? Like, you shouldn't be, like, a... a hedge player between the NHL and AHL. Well, yeah, you hit the genetic lottery, like, at least put in, like, a monicum of work to try to, like, balance out your luck. That's it. You know, but again, I mean, you could also argue that he didn't hit the genetic lottery because he doesn't have the willpower. (laughs) Right. Right, that's genetics too, so maybe uh, that's what he's lacking, but... In terms of the modern-day gladiator, he hit the uh, the genetic lottery. (laughs) Yeah. Because his job is to stand in front of a net. Yeah. And he but can't you know, get there. Caulfield just feels different, and there's, know. there's a again the consistency with him is, is seems promising. Like that's that's it. He he seems. I was interested to see how he played in the battle, and he blew up right away. Like, yeah. he, he had zero kind of like loading time. There was no lull with him. No, of just, and like, he's right just in. ready to go. And you know, it's other things too. Like it's he's just got that that like I don't know how to put it. He's an actual goal scorer. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Obviously, like again, this is a Habs dedicated podcast. Brennan Gallagher is not a talented individual. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I know. Like, That's why I love him. Bit, but this thing, yeah. he's got talent. Yeah. It's like what his talent is is not talent. Yeah, his talent is his is it's grit his, and his, his work grit. Ethic. Exactly. Yeah. So like he can put up. The, imagine if Brennan Gallagher had the actual like like raw ability of let's say like a Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, stick handling and, like, hockey IQ, he's not a 30-35 goal scorer. He's a 45 goal scorer yeah. because he'll be able to actually take shots yeah. instead of dig. Like, Cole Caulfield's that guy. Yeah. You can see it, by the way, when he gets the puck. He knows where he's going. He knows what he wants to do with it. And he's creative, too. Like, yeah. he gets assists that, like, you know, I, I remember his first game in Laval already. He, he was working through players. Yeah. So, he just looks good. Yeah. Way to put it. yeah, I'm excited to see him play. I, I really hope that, you know, we're not saving him for the playoffs yeah, or you know, anything like that. that just because, you know, it's, uh, you know, either way we, you know, either way we dice it here, I mean, you know, finishing third or fourth, you know, it, it's going to be a tough... Uh, what we might be doing too is once we have a better, like, knowledge of how the playoff structure is going to be in terms of, let's say with 10 games left, we're already clinched. Then he might go in. Where yeah. it's like, just get the games in. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, and then we kind of, you know... Then we'll go over in our long format, but we got to start thinking about playoff hockey right now. Yeah. And, like, I, you know, I'm thinking of these matchups that we're looking at, and, like, ooh, it's going to be a, it's gonna be an interesting playoff run. But, um, you know, until then, though... Well, no, we have a game tomorrow. I keep forgetting. So we'll catch you guys tomorrow, 4 p.m. game. Um... 
Yeah, until then, that can't believe we don't even have 24 hours off. Dude. I know. It's going to be rough. Especially for the hats. Yeah. Our uh, fatigue management. I think we're going to see Caden Primo tomorrow. Yeah, I think we should. I think it's a little much now on, on Jake. We might but... see Charlie. But I, Lindgren. I think I saw Primo go put back down, didn't he? Oh, I, I have no idea. I don't know. Don't that don't could be complete Don't tell me Lindgren's in that. The lingering stink. I He is literally at the bottom of the Habs bench chart. <laughs> in order, it goes Carey Price, Jay Gallen, Caden Primo, and then I go Vasily Demchenko, <laughs> Michael McNiven, and then Charlie. Oh, Lindgren. McNiven gets me, though. Yeah, but McNiven at least he's young. Me. McNiven's 23. At least it's not Fukali anymore. Yeah. Where is he? I don't know. LA? I have no idea. I could be wrong. But anyway. Yeah, we'll catch you guys tomorrow night, and uh, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.